Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Joanne Feeney is with us as our guest. Uh, Joanne is partner, also portfolio manager at Advisors Capital Management. She joins us from outside New York City on the western shore of the Hudson River. Joanne, thanks for being with us. We're talking a lot about an impending recession. I guess if there is a bright spot here, it comes from J.P. Morgan. Uh, the firm is expecting it to be shallow and short-lived. What do you think we're going to be dealing with in 2023? Well, Doug, it's it's awfully hard to predict um, when we haven't even really entered that recession yet, if, if we do. The U.S. is in a strange situation with very tight labor markets that is shortages of labor and classically, a recession is when you get a lot of unemployed people. Now, we may end up there. We may very well because the Fed has a lot of work to do to reduce those inflationary pressures and bring us back to its 2% target. But at this point, I think it's a bit early to call uh, how long and deep the recession is going to be. From the strength of the labor market, that does suggest a shorter and shallower recession. So barring new information to the contrary, uh, that's probably not a bad way to approach investing for 2023. But there's a lot of uh, risks out there in the world, and we've seen how badly those risks can disturb markets. Yeah, I know you, you think inflation may have peaked, but you also say just then that the Fed has a lot of work to do to get that inflation rate back to target. And when we say work, we mean more rate increases. So <laughs> where do you see the funds rate peaking up? We think it's likely the funds rate's going to hit 5%, uh, and it's going to stay there for a while uh, because it is going to be hard uh, to bring that inflation back to target. And the Fed has signaled pretty clearly that it's going to wait to see concrete evidence of a decline in, in inflationary pressures. And we are seeing some signs that some of the transitory impacts are coming out. I mean, look at used car uh, prices. Mm. They were reported again today. They were down sharply year over year, and that's happened for a few months. So that's helping. Um, but the, the challenge for the more persistent inflation is the, is the tight labor market, is the pressure on wages to continue to grow. And they're growing at a pretty fast pace. And that is going to directly feed into one of the biggest segments of the U.S. economy, which is the services segment. So are you still favoring equities? I mean, if you had to put capital to work, you're looking at stocks as opposed to bonds right now? Well, it really depends on the client. I mean, we do have some clients who are entirely in bonds. It depends on their position in life. It depends on their risk tolerance. But for the long term, we still like equities. And it isn't because the market is particularly cheap. It isn't. It's about in line with long-term historical uh, valuations. But there are stocks uh, within the market that can deliver very uh, attractive dividend yields. And that's one way for uh, our clients to ride out some of the down traps we're seeing in stock prices. Because if they can fund their cash flow needs out of dividends, then they can not have to sell a stock to raise that cash. And they can ride this out. And you know, for folks that are, have a longer term view, you know, we are finding some stocks that are particularly attractive here that have gone down way too much. It's as if the market thinks there will be no growth ever again. And we do know that recessions are temporary. So where do you go to, to get some dividends in 2023? 
Well, there's a number of things to do here, right? You want to build some defense into the portfolio, the defense against some of the risks that are out there. And so hence defense companies often are good, like Lockheed Martin, two and a half percent yield or Raytheon, a little bit below that. But then beyond that, healthcare is a very attractive sector, even through a recession. So a company like AbbVie, which has a very robust uh, pipeline, has a 3.6% dividend yield, or even higher than that. You can go to Philip Morris. I hate to say it, but you know, demand for, uh, for nicotine is still very high, and, and they offer a 5% yield. So there are a lot of choices out there that can uh, be less volatile than recessionary classic cyclical stocks and provide some defense against some of the more concerning risks like global instability. Yeah, geopolitical risk, certainly a key. That may have accounted for some of the bid that we had in the bond market today, maybe some haven buying. But that brings me to the oil story. I mean, we don't know when we're going to get resolution on this conflict, the war in Ukraine. Uh, Today, we fell quite a bit in New York on WTI. We were down about 3%, but we're seeing a build in gasoline stockpiles, which may go to the issue of demand destruction. Is energy a place that you want to hide here, or has this been maybe uh, too much bid up, so to speak, and, and prices have moved so far in one direction to the upside that you would just avoid energy? Yeah, it really depends, again, on the, on the strategy and the goals of the clients, but we don't think you want to avoid energy entirely. I mean, it is pretty cheap. It's like $72, I think, WTI. Um, clearly, there's concern about recession, right? That is the forecast. Demand is going to be lower because of recession in the U.S. and Europe. China reopening, on the one hand, might raise demand, but as your earlier reporting noted, uh, you know, the risk is that COVID cases are going to climb pretty steeply in China. A lot of people are going to be out of work as a consequence, and that's going to constrain growth. So it's really hard to tell what the global demand situation is going to be for oil. Plus, then you have OPEC, you know, which already cut production, which could cut production again, which could sustain prices. So you own a company like, you know, Chevron, for example, again, a nice dividend yield. And yeah, the stock might uh, be volatile. It's going to move with a recession threat. But longer term, you know, it's a very well-run company. Obviously, it's great assets. And we're, you know, as much as people want to move to a greener economy, it's going to be a long time technologically before we can do that. And so it doesn't uh, seem like a bad idea to have some uh, energy exposure. Or you could go to pipelines like a Kinder Morgan, which basically charges fees for the use of, of their pipes and their storage. And that, uh, you know, that's not likely to slack off very much. Now, you mentioned China there. It's obviously going to be a, an interesting road out of COVID zero. But are you looking for opportunities in China? Yeah, Paul, you know, we, uh, we're a little cautious about China. Um, we are selective. We don't want to be exposed to the whole country. Uh, politics plays a big role, as we've seen over the last year or so. Uh, but there are opportunities. The engines of growth in China still uh, remain pretty tied to the IT infrastructure. And so, you know, we like a company like a Baidu, for example. Um, you know, more broadly, there's just a lot more uncertainty in China than there used to be. But valuations reflect that now. So, again, for the long-term investor, uh, there, I think there's it's worthwhile to have some exposure. Obviously, one of the biggest populated uh, countries on the planet, eventually, uh, they will be growing again. Mm. And so if you have a long enough horizon, uh, some exposure there isn't a bad idea. So away from China, particularly, I'm wondering how you feel about EM more broadly, and it, particularly if you include the fact or the likelihood that we have seen a peak in the dollar. I mean, do you favor EM at this point? Yeah, we do have um, international portfolio strategies. Uh, again, we don't like to invest in a whole country. That's why we do all individual uh, stock and bond investing. And we have found some names uh, out of emerging markets that have you know deep moats 
uh, and that offer opportunities. So, you know, it's not so much EM as a group, it's more are there companies within these countries that are being well run that are serving a growing market? Now, we don't know how the dollar is going to go. Statistically, right, dollar pretty much follows a random walk, which means your best guess of what it's going to be tomorrow is what it is today. So I don't think we want to make big bets on the direction of the change in the dollar versus other currencies, but rather look for the good companies. All right, uh, Joanne Feeney, on that note, uh, we are out of time. Joanne Feeney is partner and portfolio manager at Advisors Capital Management. Thanks so much for joining us on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia today. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.